Welcome to Easier, a podcast about making life and work easier. I'm Anthony Wagner, and this is episode number 51. Each Wednesday, we'll cover the best tips, ideas, and strategies for living and working more simply. I believe that when things are easier, we have more time for what matters most. This week, we've got a funky episode going on. It's actually this week and next week. We're talking about work rules and why ancient, outdated, obsolete work rules, at least in my mind this week, are the worst and why they're sapping your productivity. So we're going to chat about that this week and how I feel, and then I'm going to do some research and report back the findings next week. But for now, let's talk about the hypotheses and some of the things that I think should happen. Let's get started. All right, I'm in a snarky mood today, and I think that's going to come out both in the recording here and uh, and in the the post uh, for the show notes. I've got you know I'm like Jif happy and yes it is Jif as in the peanut butter pronunciation. The guy who invented it says that it's J like the soft G Jif. I don't care if it's graphics whatever. Anyway, anyway, I told you I'm in a snarky mood. So I want to talk to you this week and then next week. I started to do research on this and was like, this is way too big a topic to cover in one episode. But I wanted to talk to you about work rules, the the kind of policies that employers hand down to control how their employees behave and hopefully squeeze every last drop of productivity out of them. So I'm going to present some theories this week because I've done a lot of reading and a lot of these ideas have kind of come to me kind of by osmosis. These ideas have absorbed into my brain from all this different reading and I I can't really pinpoint uh, the exact sources and things. So I am going to share all of my hypotheses about work rules and things I think should change in terms of those assumptions. And then next week, well, this the following week, you know, this coming week, I'm going to research all of this stuff and I'm going to come to some relatively scientific, I would say, you know, I'm going to come to some researched conclusions about whether or not what I'm saying is accurate and whether or not the assumptions and the assertions that I'm making should actually lead to change in the workplace. And I've been wanting to do this for a really long time. I've been wanting to write these thoughts down and kind of put together a succinct guide on, you know, how employers should be treating their employees and I am not going to be kind on employers for this and next week's episodes. So uh, the show notes this week are actually going to have all of the hypotheses and all of the assumptions and you know you'll get all of that and then I'm actually just going to update the same set of show notes with all the findings. So everything will be in one article and there's actually a table of contents this week. It's pretty sweet. It's going to be quite well researched and you're going to get a lot of value. So if ever you're trying to convince your employer, you know, hey, 
These are stupid rules. You'll have some research to back you up. And I might include as maybe a freebie, uh, a downloadable version of all of this without <laughs> without it being loaded up with GIFs. So we'll see if that if that becomes a thing. Um, if people need that, you can always email me and I can get you something. So it's not, you know, it's actually something presentable that you could take in as findings to an employer. So let's get started on, on all of that. And we're going to start with my hypotheses. And as of right now, there are six of them. And I think that this will expand into even more. This is going to kind of be an, an evergreen post, meaning it's going to last for a while uh, and it's going to be relevant for a while. And I think there's going to be a lot of use. So as more ideas occur to me, I will just continue to update this document or this post with all my new findings. So, you know, it's going to be kind of a living document. So hypothesis number one, that overtime is counterproductive. And again, remember, I have not researched these things. These are hypotheses that I've drawn from a bunch of reading and studying and my own experience in the past. But this is just a hypothesis this week. Next week, I will determine, by next week, I will determine whether or not it's fact or fiction and kind of give you some conclusive findings, I hope. So hypothesis number one, overtime is counterproductive. And I really think that overtime is stupid. <laughs> um, that employers who expect their employees to you know, stay super late and require this all kinds of extra hours, this is especially true for salary employees. Like if you're hourly and you're making time and a half, okay, that's a little better and maybe folks want to do that. But overtime absolutely drains you that working beyond a certain number of hours, and I'm not saying 40 because we'll get to that, but working a certain number of hours each week, your productivity just drops. It just tanks. And the common wisdom is 40. But as we'll see in a minute, I'm going to make another hypothesis about that. But your 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 productivity just, it, it just tanks. And once you've become burnt out, then you're useless or you're much less useful than you were before you got burnt out. So that is hypothesis number one, that we should knock off this crap with overtime because it's not productive. It's actually the opposite. It's actually draining the workforce. Hypothesis number two is that busyness is not the same as productivity. It's not the same. So here's a little story. My previous employer, I just left, uh, my previous employer, I had, and those folks were no longer there at the end of my time there. However, I, when I was there, I had a number of coworkers who would spend a ton of time, and these were executive coworkers, right? These were not uh, anyone below that. It was executive level coworkers who would spend the bulk of their day gossiping in our boss's office, often at her request. And then they would all spend time complaining about how they never had time to get anything done that there was just, they were so, so busy. And what I saw was that they never got crap done. Things fell apart on them. And this ties directly into hypothesis number three. And I'm so I'm going to announce that now and then talk about these two in conjunction, that busyness, overtime, and overwork are not badges of honor. They're not some kind of trophy you can hold up to prove that you are the most amazing, best employee that ever existed. You're the most loyal. You're the most dedicated. That because you come in at two in the morning and leave at midnight, somehow you are the best. I think that is absolutely the opposite of reality, right? If you can't get your work done in your hours, something needs to change at your workplace. Either you need to get better at your job or your employer needs to get you some more help or both. You're, it's not healthy to be driving yourself crazy 
without any pay extra, especially if your salary, uh, it's just not good that these are not badges of honor. So back to the story of my coworkers, they would complain, complain, complain about how they never had enough time to get anything done. It drove them crazy how they were so busy, so busy. There's just so much to do. And then they would spend hours gossiping away in my old boss's office. And then they would say, well, we stay till nine o'clock at night. And they would make comments to me about, oh, you always leave right on time. And I looked at them and went, "Mm mm-hmm, darn, I'm not going to swear because this is a G-rated podcast, but darn right I do. I was proud that I got more done, and I'm not trying to sound like a cocky idiot, you know. Um, Like I said, I'm feeling feisty this week, but I'm not trying to sound like a cocky idiot in saying that, but it's true. I got so much more done than them, and I got more done in less time because I didn't waste my time chit-chatting away. Now, I certainly spent time not being 100% productive. Of course, everybody does. You know, I would jump on Facebook, and I would take breaks like we should, and, and things like that. But I got my stuff done and I very rarely, if ever, missed deadlines. So, and that was not true of the others. So that really drove me crazy. And then, you know, you get a special, special prize at work when you get, when you're that person who gets stuff done, you get to do more stuff and you get to do those people who sit around doing nothing stuff. So that was always charming. So hypothesis number two, busyness is not the same as productivity. And hypothesis number three, you are not a martyr, right? That's actually the term that I coined, uh, or I didn't coin it, it's not my word, but I use it in this application because people who like to claim that they are so special and they are so busy and they are so amazing and everything, you know, it's like, I'm great and also I have no time to do anything. It's like, you are not a victim. You are, you are, you're a victim of yourself. You're not getting your stuff done the way that you're supposed to be. You're wasting yours and everybody else's time and you're, you're not a martyr, right? Stop being a martyr. So that's hypothesis number <laughs> number three. Busyness, overtime, and overwork are not badges of honor. Stop being a martyr. And actually, I looked up a definition of this as I was doing no research, but I wanted this here for, um, for the beginning. And a martyr, as defined by dictionary.com and Oxford University Press, a secondary definition is a person who displays or exaggerates their discomfort or distress in order to obtain others' sympathy or admiration, which is 100% true. These folks will often do just that. They will play the sympathy card or the guilt card, right? You don't work as many hours as I do, therefore you're not as loyal, as good, as whatever. So those things drive me nuts and those are, you know, hypotheses two and three. Number four, 40 hours per week is arbitrary, antiquated, and possibly counterproductive. And I have this fun gif in the post of <laughs> of Gordon, <laughs> Gordon Ramsay yelling at a kitchen employee. He's right up in her face and he's got a, a piece of bread held between both hands, like up against her ears on each side of her head. And he's yelling, what are you? And she's replying, an idiot sandwich. <laughs> And so I just wanted to use this GIF because it's fantastic (laughs) and I love Gordon Ramsay. So it says uh, in the show notes, assumption, 40-hour work weeks are idiot sandwiches. And they are because 40-hour work weeks are completely arbitrary. The labor unions, I believe, and Henry Ford had something to do with bringing our work hours down. But it's, I believe, again, remember, I'm making hypotheses here and trying to kind of glean what I can from memory of things I've read. But Europeans do not work 40 hours in a lot of places, and they are found to be more productive. So there's a lot to research here. I know that the unions in the United States and Henry Ford played a part in this 40-hour thing that we think is ubiquitous at this point, that is just the way it's always been, even though that it's not. 
Um, so I'm going to definitely look into this. I have a really strong hunch that 40 hours per week is ridiculous and completely outdated. So we'll look into that. So that's the hypothesis number four, that 40 hours per week is arbitrary, antiquated, and possibly counterproductive. Hypothesis number five, we don't take enough breaks. And I'm talking about breaks during the day. We are not robots. I'm so sick of people using, this is another martyrdom area where people say, I eat lunch at my desk every day. I don't eat lunch. I pee in a cup under my desk because I never get up because I'm the most loyal, perfect employee ever. No, you're foolish. Your productivity will take a hit and you're going to pay a price at one point for not taking those breaks. So you got to knock that off. Uh, I've done a lot of reading that have included, has included information about taking breaks, and this is a big doozy one. I can say with a lot of confidence that this hypothesis is true. We are not taking enough breaks at work, and then we're wearing that as another, yet another badge of honor. It's like we've got a military hardware store on our chest with all the medals that we win, our badges of honor for all the crap that we shouldn't be boasting about. Okay, <laughs> that's hypothesis number five. We don't take enough breaks. And then hypothesis number six, this is the last one that I've got from my prep this week, but I guarantee there will be more. Hypothesis number six is that we don't take enough vacation. You know, I, uh, this is a, a, I definitely think that employers should be offering significantly more vacation because when you are rested and productive or when you are rested and happy, you are more productive, meaning you'll get more done for your employer. So it makes financial sense to allow this for businesses. And that's actually an angle that I'm going to come at from this whole research perspective. Can I prove that these things are legit, not only from a human resources and just a humanity perspective, but that they are uh, legit for business. They bring extra profit. They will bring in more revenue because the employees are happier. Therefore, they will do more. So let's actually slide into the um, the solutions that I'm proposing. Some of them, my assertions about work uh, and how work rules should change. Thank you so much for being a part of the Easier Audience. If you love the show, I could use your help. There are monthly costs with keeping the show going, and to help reduce that cost, I use special affiliate links to Amazon. That means that whenever I recommend a product and you then use my link to buy it, I make a small commission. You don't pay a penny more for that product. Amazon just cuts me a tiny percent. In addition to clicking on my products, you can also use the link easiercast.com slash Amazon to shop Amazon for any product at all on any kind of device, mobile, desktop, tablet. That link, easiercast.com slash Amazon, will take you to Amazon's homepage and you can shop just like you always would. But this will generate extra commissions to support future episodes of Easier. And again, it won't cost you a penny more please consider using my link to shop on Amazon, again, easiercast.com slash Amazon, or if you are planning to purchase one of my favorite things, head to the show notes for the episode and click the link. The tiniest commissions add up to making a real difference, and any support for Easier is so appreciated. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, so I'm calling these assertions because I am asserting myself. I am asserting my own opinion and 
you know, demanding that you follow it and all the employers in the world follow it. No, of course not. But um, these are things that I think are important and I think that they would drive productivity up and thereby drive revenue up. So uh, assertion number one, and there are five of them currently, and I guarantee this will go up as well. But assertion number one, employees should be, and I use this word very incredibly deliberately, employees should be expected to leave work on time, not it's four, five o'clock. Okay, let's say my, my cutoff time is five, right? And my employer is looking at his watch saying, hmm, this guy's leaving right on time. What's wrong with him? Uh, he should be staying until at least six. No, to hell with that. That's ridiculous. Employees should be expected to leave on time. Everybody has a home life. Not everybody wants to sit at a computer or do whatever all day and stare at a screen or or whatever it is all day and night and not get paid any more for it. No compensation. And I don't care what people say about salary. So, you know, people say you're buying somebody's expertise, not their time. Whatever. That is nonsense. People should be compensated for the work they do and the compensation and the trade that you're making where you're trading your expertise and your time for a paycheck, that should be respected. The things that are in your contract, this whole duties as assigned, this is like 100 years ago. It's ridiculous. So employees should be expected to leave on time. And I'm asserting that it makes a financial, it makes financial sense for the employer to allow people to do this because people who are more rested are more productive. When employees are treated like gold, they produce gold. Okay, so that's number one. The expectation should be that employees leave on time. Expectation or assertion. My assertion, number two, employees should be expected to take breaks, right? We should change this rule. Stop watching the clock and trying to squeeze every ridiculous, every ridiculous morsel out of our workforce, right? Let them take a break. Let them sit on Facebook. If they're doing their job and they've got their work done, and you don't have to worry about their performance, right? You know that when you give them something to do, it'll get done. Who cares if they sit on Facebook for 45 minutes? It doesn't matter, right? The work is getting done. And if they're rested, they're performing better. So employees should be expected to take breaks. And then the third assertion is another expectation that employees should be expected. You absolutely should be required to use your vacation time. I think I like these companies that are going toward this flex time where they're allowing you to take as much time as you want, but that should be the, right, the expectation. You should be, this is in my ideal world, a company should allow you to take off as much time as you need, but they should require you to take off a certain minimum amount of time. This way, because what happens is, you know, I've heard these companies, they give this this unlimited vacation time policy, but then people take even less because they don't want to seem like they're, they're martyrs, right? The employer expects, oh, don't take it. It's kind of the wink, wink, nudge, nudge policy. And everyone else tries to be a martyr and says, I'm not going to take it because I'm not going to. No, nonsense. Take it. You should have a minimum vacation requirement that you should be taking at least several weeks a year completely off of work with the expectation that you will not be contacted for any reason whatsoever, right? The I heard of a company, and I'm going to look this up because I do not remember which, which company it is, but I'm going to try to find it. There is a company out there that had a policy like this or has one currently. I'm not sure. It was a while ago when I saw it. They have a minimum vacation policy, I'm pretty sure. But the one that the thing that was interesting is they would have a drawing every year or every so often where they would pick someone's name and that person was required to take a mandatory week of paid time off within another month or so of that time. And what it did was it not only gave people a break and got people excited about that, but it forced the employer to see where there were gaps in their coverage, right? Everybody should have, or every 
company organization should have somebody who can, you know, a couple of people at least who can do every job. And this helps people to flesh out where those holes are. So everyone should be required, expected to take a minimum, but required (laughs) to take their vacation time, a minimum of vacation time. So that's assertion number three. Assertion number four, if employees are productive, it should not matter where they work, right? Why does it matter if, like, it's, it's a button seat kind of thing. If I'm doing my job, if I know how to do my job and I am trusted, big key here, trusted to do my job, then who cares if I work from home? The only obvious exceptions are things where, you know, obviously you have to be in person, right? If you're if you're working as a full-time factory worker, obviously you can't do that job at home. You, you don't have, I don't even need to explain it. You can't do that job at home. So that's a little bit different. But if you are working in a job where this is something that's possible, why would your employer not encourage you to do that? Go sit on a beach and, and work if you want to. Who cares, right? It does not matter as long as the work gets done and the expectations are clear, who cares? So that's assertion number four. If employees are productive, it shouldn't matter where they work. And I want to add one other piece here is that trust is a big factor, right? But this does not fall squarely on the employee's shoulders. This falls on the employer's shoulders in that they should be hiring people that they can trust right away. And they should make the assumption of trust from the get-go. Assume trust until you're given a reason not to. But you only want to do that with people who make sense. And so you want to hire better. And I get that a lot of this that I'm saying is certainly, you know, idealistic, right? It's not always possible to hire the absolute perfect employee. There are a number of factors. I get that. But your ideal should strive toward being the best place to work on the planet. And as soon as you begin taking care of your employees, they will take care of you. And that actually leads us very nicely into assertion number five. These assertions benefit both you and your employer. Benefit both the employee and the employer, This is my gut feeling, and I've done research, but right now it's my gut feeling that when employees are happy, cared for, they do right by their employers. They will do extra, and they will enjoy doing it because you've hired the right people for the right jobs, and they love to work for you, and thereby they love to work for your customers. Most folks think that the customer is king, and I hate this phrase because it's gendered, so, you know, forgive me on that, but I'm going to use it because it's a, you know, common phrase. Most folks think that the customer is king and I call BS. The customer is not. Your customers are only going to be as happy as your employees are. If your employees are miserable, your customers are going to be miserable as well. Think of how many fast food chain employees you've dealt with who were miserable on the front line. You could just tell. Now, there's going to be obviously a lot of variables there. But if a fast food restaurant sought out to be the number one employer... I would be willing to bet that they would do astronomical business. Uh, it's just a hunch, and I'm going to set out to prove that. So that is all that I'm going to be talking about this week. It's a shorter episode because I have a lot of research to do in proving this, um, or, or disproving it for that matter. There's a lot here, and I want to go through and see what I can come up with. I've already started doing a ton of research. I think I'm going to have actually a database of sources that will accompany this. That's not. I'm not going to reference every single one. But I'm going to have a database of sources that accompany this post 
And I, I really think that this is going to be a big thing. So I failed to mention at the top of the episode that we're not doing the standard format this week or next. No, make life, make work easier. This is all make work easier. Uh, maybe it's make life work. It's everything. It's all at once. I don't have favorite things this week, but if you definitely, you know, head to the favorite things on the website, maybe I'll have some for you next week. Um, I really wanted to hit these hypotheses and these assertions home that we need to be better about our work. And I think as a result of all of these old-fashioned policies clinging on for dear life, our productivity as a workforce is really dropping. So I am going to get to work on the research. And if you have any information on this, I've actually finally decided to forward my easier podcast email to my personal one. You won't see that. You know, I'll, I'll have that all sorted out. It's just a notification, but I'm going to start seeing my emails quicker. So if you've emailed me and it's taken me a hot second to get back, uh, I had a, you know, a system problem that I finally solved. So I would really encourage you to go to the show notes. Actually, I would love it if you would go to the show notes, easiercast.com slash 51 and drop your sources there if you've got any. I would really appreciate that or email them to me. Either way is fine. Um, You can go to easiercast.com slash 51, leave them in the comments or email me at podcast at easiercast.com and share any relevant sources, information, employer, employee stuff. Share that with me, and I would be happy to incorporate it. Remember, the episode airs a week from today, so get it to me sooner because I may be done writing before, you know, probably usually by Sunday. So get that to me, and I would greatly appreciate it. All right, time for the weekly roundup. It's a little bit lighter this week, but remember, as always, your affiliate commissions, meaning you using my affiliate links, any of them, anything I sell or I recommend on my website, those are usually affiliate links to Amazon. I stand by those products and I can really use your help in supporting the show. It does not cost you a penny to shop using my links, but it does generate small commissions. So please use easiercast.com slash Amazon to shop in general, or click, if you're planning on buying one of the products I recommended, click any one of those links and it will take you there and your purchases, again, they cost you nothing extra, but they bring in revenue for the show. Next, remember, if you have any thoughts, please this week, email them to me or head to the show notes. If you're looking for the show notes, they're always at easiercast.com slash episode number. This week is 51, so that's easiercast.com slash 51. Everything from today's episode will be there as well as space to leave comments. Uh, No favorite things this week, but you can still get to my favorites using any of those. There's a button now that is live. That's another thing. I've fixed the favorite things, so there's a whole spot so you can see everything all in one place. So go check that out. Um, there's links to subscribe. There's links to find the show on uh, on Facebook. Again, that's easiercast.com slash 51. Finally, if you know anyone who would benefit from the tips that I've covered in this or any episode, please be sure to share it with them. Hopefully, every share means that someone somewhere will find more time for what matters most to them. As always, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, here's to an easier life. Bye for now.